live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Where are you? The Zone. Oh, good morning. Welcome in. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We're celebrating more bacon today. We've been doing that for 15 years. It's it's amazing. Standalone and on so many different things. From cheeseburgers to breakfast casserole. But you know it's very, very important in your Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary. And it's got to be crispy. We started that whole thing uh, years ago. And um, it can be an entree. It can be an app. Yeah, it, you know, you can crumble it up, put it on some mac and cheese or some pork belly mac and cheese at Two Brothers or at the house. Obviously, crispy bacon in a in a Bloody Mary makes it pop. Uh, bacon for breakfast, lunch, dinner, on uh, boar's head sandwich, right? Any any boar's head, the premium turkey, ham, roast beef, among many other premium meats. Bacon on pizza is nothing short of amazing. Ooh, yeah, and a lot of it. And not not just a breakfast pizza, which I'm I'm all about, a breakfast pizza with triple bacon, and triple bacon in your Tito's vodka Bloody Mary. But it just it's deli- w- Wendy made bacon yesterday. We we did a little breakfast. I told everybody we stayed up past midnight on Saturday Sunday morning. A friend of mine celebrated his fiftieth birthday party, rented a party bus, went to Gibbs. And uh, we danced all night. So it was an absolute blast. We are the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Uh, Jason, you went to Dallas. Where'd you go Friday night? So Friday night we went to... Because you sent me a picture of a Russell's Reserve old-fashioned? Yeah. Okay. Six-year rye. Six-year, uh, which is a delicious bourbon. Yeah, so we were... That was actually at the hotel. So I was... Okay. I went down. We were... About to leave for dinner, I was like, you know what? Let me just grab a drink at the at the bar downstairs. Well, that's and yes, yeah. That's an always one hundred percent. That's what I realized. You got to do that before you you know Especially you go to a restaurant and they don't have good drinks. Cool and, hotel bars. Yeah, exactly. And this hotel was top notch. I mean, I haven't been to something like that. Just a lot of cool artwork, uh, like a really cool pool that had you know. The, Where'd you stay? Uh, it's called Hotel Zaza in okay. in Dallas. And downtown so, or in the burbs? Uh, downtown. Okay. And so uh, I was at the bar and I realized there were these two guys. They must have played golf all day. It looked like golfers, but they were not sober. And uh, and I couldn't get the bartender's attention for like five minutes because these guys wouldn't leave her alone. Like talking about like, well, how long have you been with your husband? Do you really love him though? One of those sort of things. And so I'm like, please just let me get an old fashioned so I can get out of here. But it was they had different types of bitters. It was like, uh, I think it number six Angostura bitters. And then they were like name brand, uh, orange bitters. I mean, it was delicious. Good. It was, it was good stuff. Where'd you go to dinner? Dinner. We went to Oishi. It's a sushi place in Dallas. Did I get, I went to the world food championships right for COVID. I guess the fall 2019, I spent two nights downtown. I'll have to go back and try to find out where I went. How was it? Dude, if you've ever had, have you ever had sushi on a Himalayan salt block before? I don't, probably in Vegas or 
Laguna Beach, we went to some pretty swanky sushi places. Was it cool? Right. Yeah. I was going to say that's, I feel like that's your style. Yeah. Man, it's delicious. The spot in the Venetian is good. And then the spot on the way from the Venetian to the, uh, uh, whatever it's called. We went to Sushi Samba after the draft. Okay. And that was that was good. So tell me about it. So it's like, it was called the Himalayan roll. It was wrapped in tuna. And on the inside it had like cucumber. It had a, a spicy crab mix. It also had like tempura flakes on top. That sounds and, good. And I, I'm a salty guy. So you can either just leave it on the on the block and just pick it straight up. Or you can give it a little rub for a little extra salt on there. Uh-huh. Man, that's, it was over the top. Okay. The, Wasabi? Uh yeah, wasabi. Now the the martinis were not great. They weren't. They they were not. Yeah. Uh, one of my girlfriend's friends she ordered a Tito's dirty martini. Smart. You know, classic. And comes out looking like water. Okay. And, and I said, let me taste that. It tasted like just watered down. There wasn't an ice film on top. It wasn't that cold. That that was my main bone to pick there. But huh. other than that, everything else was great. Good. Good. So you had a great meal. Yeah, had a great meal, and then Saturday night we had a. Uh, it was a party for uh, Nicholas Fulton. His girlfriend just graduated from, uh, got her master's in architecture. So oh, cool! Threw, threw her a little shindig, and and that was a good time. Well, it's good that she'll be the breadwinner. <laughs> yeah, somebody's got to be right. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, and so got a chance to uh, you know shoot a couple of hoops out there while while we were there too, and just kind of hang out and drink some good bourbon. It was a good time. All right. So you shot hoops at a wedding party? I mean, at a graduation party? Yeah, they had, well, they had a, a cool house. And they had, oh. a, like, a nice, like, little mini court out there with a good, good hoop. And so had to, had to get a little loose, you know? All right. Okay. We still need our one-on-one. We still need our, our game. Play 21 That'll be or a bad deal for you yeah. to lose to someone that much older than you. I don't know about that, Bo. I put, um, I put that shoulder down. I told you, bud. Yeah. But that's not going to work. That just, that's just me hitting free throws. Um, all right, so that restaurant discussion is brought to you by FS1 Concepts. And what do they do? They um, supply refrigerators, cooking equipment, and ice machines, and the list goes on and on to restaurants, to hotels, to hunting camps. And they're local. They're in Flowood, Mississippi. FS1 Concepts. Great group. We're happy to have them. You can go to fs1concepts.com. Equipments and supplies for restaurants, for hotels, for offices. Like when I meet clients or potential clients, they've got a kitchen, right? In fact, we met with one two weeks ago. They had a really cool kitchen, and it's more industrial. Um, So whether it's dishwashing equipment, whether it's really, really cool ice machines, and some of you need ice machines for your uh, family land farm or hunting camp. Uh, FS1 Concepts can take care of you. Concessions, food service, you name it, they've got it. Refrigerators of all shapes and sizes, cooking equipment. And uh, don't forget about this, beverage and bar, Ooh. all powered by FS1. FS1 Concepts, fs1concepts.com in Flowood. Glad to have that crew on with us during football season. Also, shout out to Cypress Depot, that uh, track decking, which is awesome. And of course, all the amazing Cypress that they have put in hardwoods that they put in homes, uh, commercial, residential, you name it, Cypress Depot in Ridgeland. Now, 
We are the Out of Bounds Show. I'm your host, Bo Bounds, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. We did our rookie picks yesterday. Um, I wasn't thrilled with it, but, uh, you know, it worked out. It was 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I opened a bush light and, you know, threw up the laptop. And we we picked, or it was like rookies and people available. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I actually did the draft. I was going to put it on um, auto, auto <laughs> which I have been, you know, known to do. But since Blake's not running my team this year, although Jason may be, um, you know, I'm going to have to kind of see what I want to do there. Uh, but I did make some picks. And I picked uh, a couple of wide receivers and a couple of running backs. So, who who's that? Who's your big grab? Well, I don't know. I can't remember. I'll have to look at it and tell everybody on the other side. Yeah, see, I'm I'm skeptical of Bijan Robinson for uh for Atlanta. He's yeah. he's ranked up at like the number eight highest graded player in fantasy. Yeah, the first pick went to Bijan. Yeah, see, I'm I'm just not. Uh, he's gonna have a. I mean, the Falcon look. Yeah, and you look at those first five games, and the rushing defenses that they're going against. Jay, now he may run into a wear and tear deal. Right, he's right. gonna have a good year. But you look at the first five or six games that the Falcons play. It, he's he's gonna feast. He, he'll do well. He'll throw up some good numbers. So it was a good pick by whoever did it in your group, and he went first off the board in our rookie draft or whatever the hell that was yesterday. Brought to you by Bush Light, um, Steve Robertson. 9.30 on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. And I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends, over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Sportsbook and Lounge. When am I supposed to be up there? Today's the 21st. Next Wednesday, five-year anniversary. Okay. August 30th. So we'll be broadcasting from the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge. uh, August 30th. And then we'll be there the next week and the next week. So getting you ready for football season and the NFL. Don't forget the NFL starts the Thursday after Labor Day. You know, you got Thursday night football. Now you got... You know, we mentioned this weekend's games. And then next Thursday, you have Florida at Utah. Which, Florida's favored. But, uh, I don't know. 
And then, of course, the weekend, you know, you got Ole Miss and Mercer and Mississippi State, South Southeast Louisiana. There's some other games that you'll actually be, you know, those games will be over early. And, yeah, take what you want from that. But at least you'll have football. You'll be in Vault Hemingway. You'll be in Davis Wade. That'll be exciting. Or you'll be watching it on your smart TV. Uh, we all know about later in Labor Day weekend, we'll have LSU and Florida State and Orlando. But we may have some juice with some other games, including Florida at Utah. Remember Florida won last year and Anthony Richardson looked good and then he disappeared. Weird. And then he still got drafted fourth. I, you know, it's unbelievable. Some of the guys who haven't been drafted, like Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott and Drew Brees, and some who have, who you knew about for about five minutes, and they were top 10 or 20 picks, QBs, or some that are still scratching around here, right? But they're just not... You already know they're not going to be good NFL QBs. It's just a matter of, like, Baker Mayfield can hang around another few years, I guess. Yeah. Right? I mean, Carson Wentz is already pretty much gone. Yeah. I, I saw the clips of him working out at, a, I guess, a local high school. He's trying to get, you know, see, I guess seeing what plays out here and uh, unfortunately who gets hurt and if he can find a spot at some point. Um, but, yeah, so Anthony Richardson was drafted after after they beat Utah and we got all crazy. We, we all took crazy pills, uh, which we, do, we like to do the first couple of weeks of the season. And, you know, to see what's happening. And then, boom, he disappeared. They did not have a good year. Uh, although I think they could actually surprise some people. But they may not surprise Utah. You know Utah wants that. You know what. Right? A-double-S. I mean, because Whittingham, what did Dave Bartu say? Um, Kyle Whittingham will, will drink all your beers and kick your ass. I yeah, mean, and he's all out of beer. That's right. He, yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> so he'll drink all your bush light. And then, you know, he'll kick your tail. That's uh, that's what Kyle Whittingham does. However, however, um, you know what? I love it when I, I get to say this. You still got to play it and and see what shakes out. Um, Utah minus seven. Utah minus, I mean, yes, 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 Utah's favorite. I'm sorry. Utah minus seven. And that is in Salt Lake City. Can you believe Utah's going to the Big 12? Doesn't that sound weird? It's a great move for them. And a great move for Arizona State and Arizona and even Colorado. But, but And look, that commissioner did a wonderful job while the, while the Pac-12 just absolutely threw up all over themselves. I mean, they had the deal for $30 million a year. Take it. Um, you know, because sometimes you can take a deal and grow it. Right? But if that's the best deal on the table, man, oh man, now there's no more Pac-12. And and we'll see what uh, shakes out. All right, we've got some other games, Nebraska and Minnesota, not this weekend, but next. So that's Power 5. I'll take some of that. Um, Don't we also... Yeah, Virginia, Tennessee. How much is Tennessee favored by... 28 points. You know, you thought Virginia had it going there for a second, but they just didn't um, turn the corner. So, Ohio State, Indiana. 
That's another power five, but that's 28 and a half point spread. Yeah, that'll be. <laughs> I know. Unfortunately, uh, no spreads that I can see for Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Uh, although the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge may have it. So, uh, how was Dallas? It was. I did a 50th birthday party. Yeah. I mean, it was phenomenal. Yesterday, I had some of the best barbecue that I've had in a long time. We went to a. Have you ever had Terry Black's? No. Terry Black's in Dallas. I think there's one in Dallas, one in Austin. Might be one somewhere else in Texas. Okay. But. Had beef ribs, had brisket, mac and cheese, and then I I filled myself up and I said, "Man, that was great." Now time to drive six and a half hours. So, oh, <laughs> my, how was that? Uh, rough, <laughs> but I made it. I made it. I didn't okay. even have to, you know, get in the passenger seat for a nap. You know, what did you? What what time did you leave? We left at one o'clock. Okay, so what does it take? Five and a half. Yeah, it's like five. It's five forty if you just drive straight. Okay. And so we we had a couple stops. Uh, you know, trying to break it up a little bit. Let me wake up after those baked beans and you, you know, ate col- all that coleslaw. youth. Unbelievable. See, that's I just you pounded all that food before getting in the car. I'm just so nearsighted. You know, I'm yeah. like, man, all this food looks so. So what? Good. What all did you eat at lunch before you got in a car for six hours? <laughs> so I had I had a beef ribs. Uh, the brisket was phenomenal. And they had a really good, I love a good spicy barbecue sauce. So okay, had, had a good spicy barbecue on there. Had mac and cheese, green beans, baked beans. My God, are, are you are you trying to get like a spot at Holmes Community College? Hey, I have four years left. Four years of eligibility. If they play a fullback, I think you, well, I think you could make special teams. Okay. Um, would you be on kickoffs or kick returns? Let me think that through. I'm more of a downhill guy. Yeah, I think you're on kickoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I could. I, I did get All right, one. So you're on kick coverage. Yeah. And then if somebody gets hurt, or maybe two people, I think you could get in the mix <laughs> at fullback. Okay, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was a, I was also backup long snapper. So. Oh, now that Tom Luganbill has said on, the, you know, has been on this course with his son for since he was in seventh grade. And it's going to end up netting out a, a scholarship. Um, he started teaching his son long snapping because he knew he wasn't going to be 6'3", 250. Right, right. Like Cameron Franklin, who just committed to Ole Miss. Um, uh, well, yeah, so he, I think he started in like sixth grade. Not started on the foot. Started long snapping in sixth grade. And there is going to be a football program take him. I mean, he starts on a Charlotte, North Carolina high school football team. I don't know which one, but... I think, I think it's close to where Garrett Schrader played because Luganville knew all about Schrader even before we did. Jason, see that's so. You smart. may not remember Garrett Schrader. He was only there for like a year. I remember that hit that he took against yeah. uh, I Kentucky. Forgot. Yeah, I think. I think it was he, when, when he, he spun up in the, the air helicopter, helicopter style. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, that was down the right side. I was at that game. I think that was after Willie Gay made a pick six in the first few minutes of the game and then got kicked out shortly thereafter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, woof. That too. (laughs) Um, But that's a smart thing to do. Train your son for long snapper. That's like training a, you know, letting your son play soccer. And then he's like, you want to wear a football jersey and and get goodies in your locker on Fridays? Play kicker. Play play kicker, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I, I agree. He's going to end up, you know, getting a scally. Uh, I don't know what level, but 
it, it will be one. You could be that too. Long, all right, so we've got you on kickoffs, kick coverage, excuse me. Uh, kickoff coverage. We've got you as a long snapper and probably the third string fullback. But if somebody rolls an ankle, you're in the depth chart and you're traveling. Okay. For Holmes. I like the sound of that. I don't even know who the best JUCO team is in the state this year. I mean, I don't think that should surprise anybody. But um, <laughs> Gulf Coast is up there always, you know. Uh, they were forever. East Mississippi always. Yeah. But there's some others. Jones. Northwest is good. Are they? Yeah, they have been recently. Oh, at least. okay. But yeah, my, my cousin, he uh, ended up kicking in a Mississippi All-Star game, never kicked, and got a, a chance to play at Northwest. That's cool. That's possible. Chicks dig kickers. Or rumor has it. Show is powered by MississippiSportsMedicine.com. I just made that up. SEC Insider Hit coming up next on the Out of Bounds Show. With a home team. Steve Robertson, jeanspage.com, 247 Sports. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. This is 105.9 The Zone ESPN. I am your host, Bo Bounds. And, uh, Steve, people are hearing good things about uh, the work that Mike Wright put in over the summer. People in the building talking about how he made uh, some pretty good strides and that they're confident, if needed, that he could do some positive things for the Mississippi State offense. This is obviously Will Rogers' job, but uh, he could be a factor and a piece of the puzzle. What are you hearing? Oh, I absolutely agree. And uh, I think the thing, you know, with Mike, too, he brings a different dimension to the offense, right? I mean, you know, it's like, is he going to be the pastor of Will Rogers? Is? Absolutely not. But he is a much better runner uh, than Will is, and that's not to be critical. I mean, they all have uh, a refined skill set. But uh, I think Mike, over the course of this year, there's some passes that he wasn't making earlier in his Bulldog career he's making now. You know, and I, I think, as you mentioned, you know, if needed, I think Mike Wright's a guy that, hey, you put him in there, he can win you a couple ball games. I mean, I think this is a bowl team with Mike Wright under center. You know, I think they're probably, uh, you know, a Florida bowl team with Will Rogers under center. But it's not a situation where – you know, like in years past, if something ever happened to a quarterback, I mean, it seemed like your season was over, right? I think Mike Wright's a guy that's won some big games. I mean, people forget last year, Mike Wright basically single-handedly beat Kentucky and Florida. Uh, obviously, he had to have some supporting cast around him, but it was his ability to stretch the field as a runner and hold defenses accountable that won those two ball games. And uh, the fact that you've got a former SEC starter as your backup, I think speaks well for this offense. Steve Robertson on the Out of Bounds Show. So what what was the big takeaway from the uh, scrimmage over the weekend? 
you know, we didn't get to see it, but, you know, you talked to a lot of people. And, and the main thing is I just think some continuity on offense. You know, back in scrimmage one, the defense really dominated the first half of that scrimmage. And in the second half of the scrimmage, the offense began to counter-counterpunch. I think they were a little more prepared this time. I think, again, some position battles are beginning to shake out. And the offense – had the better of it on, on Saturday, which I think is a good thing. I think we know that this defense from Mississippi State is going to be pretty salty. And uh, if you can move the football against that group, you know, chances are you're going to be able to do it against most Southeastern Conference teams. And so I think it was a very positive uh, situation because this time, more times than not, the defense is ahead of the offense. And uh, the fact that the offense is able to go out there and, and do some big things. And the thing, I guess, probably something I wasn't expecting is this – running back room, we were all kind of panicked in some respects about losing Dylan Johnson, and in no way am I being critical of Dylan. But this is a better running back room than Mississippi State's had in some time. And it's because the new additions, obviously. I mean, you knew what you had in Simeon Price. He is a quality number two uh, to Woody Marks because you have an established bell cut with Woody. Then you go out and get Trevon Lee from Penn State, who has proven to be a very shifty guy, probably a little more than we anticipated. Jeffrey Pittman was the number one junior college running back in the country. He has been exceptional in short yardage, and he had like a 25-yard uh, uh, run over the weekend. Uh, but, you know, he is a guy, too, that, um, you know, can kind of get in there and run behind his pads and be a little bit of that enforcer. And then there's Seth Davis that is completely different from everybody else in the room. And, and you and I have spoken before, too. I, I don't know that Seth Davis was a great fit for the air raid. I just don't think he was ever going to be able to step up on third and long and take on a Mike linebacker running through the A-gap on a dead blitz. I just, I mean, it's not it's not magic, it's math. I mean, it's just not going to happen. And I think a change in offensive philosophy really lends itself well to Seth Davis. And, uh, you know, he did, made some plays in the spring, and in both of the scrimmages, he is a guy that's been singled out by the coaching staff uh, that, that's done some really things. And it may be their most elusive runner in many respects. So when you begin to think about, okay, you know about Woody Marks, this running back room by committee, maybe as deep as five guys. Hmm. All right, Steve Robertson on the Out of Bounds show and the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Uh, what about who, who's the most electric playmaker? Is it Xavion, Thomas, Tulu, or I don't know if Justin Robinson's electric, but he's 6'5", 220-ish, and has an opportunity to do some things that they haven't really had. So what direction do you go there? I'm going to go Tulu, uh, and Xavion's probably 1B. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, I, I think, number one, as we all agree, Tulu has been underutilized in his time here at Mississippi yes. State as an outside receiver. Uh, Bumpus, from the very first practice, the first question that I asked him, other than, hey, how are you doing, is, hey, is Tulu a slot? You know, And he just looked at me, and he's like, yes he is a slot receiver. And I think giving him the full expanses of the middle of the field to work with, and the fact that you're going to see a lot more man coverage this year, I think you see this as a situation where Tulu could have a huge year. And you look at Xavion Thomas, and uh, you're talking to some guys on the coaching staff off the record, I'll tell you, this kid doesn't have any idea how good he can be. You know, he is an electric guy. Uh, that has really come 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 into his own as a route runner, and that's the thing. I go, I give Bumpus a lot of credit for that. Not in any way to be critical of the previous staff. Chad and I had this conversation back when he was a player here at Mississippi State. He was at camp one day, just kind of supervising, and I was like, "What do you think about this kid as a route runner?" He goes, "Man, nobody's sticking routes in high school because you don't have to. You're just running by people. You're just using your athleticism." He goes, "In the SEC, 
you've got to have some refinement with that. You've got to be precise in your route running. And so Chad himself, you know, really got, got pushed as a college receiver to be better and to understand the concepts. And I think he has brought those same lessons to guys like Xavier Thomas that have kind of gotten by on athleticism. And the thing that you consistently hear about Xavier is this kid's going to have a big year. He's really going to have a big year. And so when you begin to think about that element of it and the fact that they're going to see more man coverage, you could see some really big plays in this passing game. Where's Cole Smith going to end up on the line of scrimmage? Yeah, I think he's center all the way. I mean, he's a guy, obviously, that can play right guard, that can play left guard. I mean, he can play any of those interior positions. But uh, for the bulk of camp, I mean, he has taken the lion's share of the first team reps at center. Uh, Steven Lasoy obviously uh, could be a guy that's done some snapping for us in the past. And then Cannon Boone's a guy that they really like a lot, too. And, you know, he'll he'll probably be the guy next year. Uh, but I think Cole's the guy, too. And, and, and Cole Smith obviously doesn't have the size that his dad that did, but he plays with that same level of heart. You know, he's one of those guys that you always notice when State gets a big, uh, you know, running touchdown down inside the red zone, it's usually Cole was the first guy to celebrate. It's just a guy that really loves the game of football. He's kind of an emotional leader with his team, like kind of a soft-spoken guy. You know, doesn't really jump out there and the big rah-rah guy, but he is a guy that uh, understands what it takes to compete in the Southeastern Conference. And uh, probably a guy that should have been at Mississippi State the whole time, right? He kind of embodies what Mississippi State wants to do. Uh, but I think in many respects, Cole Smith is one of the leaders on this team, even though it's uh, maybe not uh, through word of mouth. Okay. What's the concern on offense? Well, I think, you know, left tackle is probably the one thing that I would look at. It's because you'd like to have that settled. The good thing is you have some options there, right? I mean, you know, Nick Jones is a guy that played at left tackle last year. Uh, not the biggest guy. You look at him and say, this guy's playing left tackle, but he did. He's got great feet. Uh, but you got Percy Lewis, a guy that is just a massive left tackle, and you've got Dollar Bill Johnson. And so I think it's probably those two left side positions will kind of be those three guys until they kind of get that settled. And this week will be big. This mock week, they'll settle the two deep. Uh, we've seen some sets as of late where you have Percy Lewis at left tackle and then Dollar Bill Johnson at left guard. That's a lot of that's a lot of humanity right there uh, on that left side when they get ready to get out there and really push. I think Nick's a guy that's probably a little uh, better equipped as a uh, as a pass blocker. You know, so it'll be interesting to see kind of where he fits. But you got three guys out there that can play any of those positions and are kind of interchangeable. And and talking to Will Friend and those guys, that's one of the things they wanted those guys to do to be a little more versatile because you got a guy like Cam Jones who can play up and down the line is have some guys that can plug and play. And the good thing is, is we're really talking about, you know, eight guys, you know, kind of eight or nine guys that are kind of in the mix, you know, on that two deep. And, uh, you know, ideally you'd like to have a full two deep. But if you've got guys that can play both sides, like Percy can play left or right tackle. And I think outside of, um, to be fair about it, I guess maybe outside of Percy Lewis, you got a lot of guys that are pretty much interchangeable uh, in that line. And, and there, what's interesting talking to some of the guys about the younger guys, they say Malik Ellis has played every position on the offensive line and tight end and H-back. You know, he's done everything but, but but take the snaps. He's delivered snaps. And that's a guy that may not play a lot this year, but it kind of bodes well for the future. But I do think this offensive line is in really good shape. Uh, what about on defense? Uh, I know the concern has been at safety. Uh, what's, what's the latest there? And wh- is there any other concern on defense? Yeah, you know, I, I don't. I don't feel. The, I was concerned. Let's kind of take it group by group. At the beginning of the year, you're thinking, okay, what's the two deep look like up front? You feel really good, you know, about Crumity and Pickering 
Uh, even though Pickering, I don't know that maybe has had the year, that big breakout year, perhaps he will this year. Uh, but then you got John Lewis is a guy that's running, you know, outside of them, you know, at, at Sam Backer, him and J.P. Purvis, and, uh, you know, DeMonte Russell and Jordan Davis have kind of battled back and forth. That's been kind of a two-year deal. But it's good to know that you've got two capable guys battling for one spot, right? Uh, but behind them, though, I mean, you start thinking there's Trevion Williams and Calvin Dinkins, and both of those guys have had great camps. And so I think you've satisfied the depth concern up front because before you felt like, man, if this if anybody gets hurt, it's a big drop-off. I think Calvin Dinkins, Trevion Williams have had good camps, and I expect both of them to play a lot this year. So I think you're satisfied with that group. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, Deontay Anderson making the jump that he has. He was the leader in the first scrimmage on defense and had five tackles, including a couple of sacks and a forced fumble. It's good to see the light kind of come on for him. And you felt good about first-team depth at linebacker, but you worried about depth behind them. And uh, I think, for the most part, there's probably a comfort level with that, too, because you begin to think about, you know, we mentioned the battle at Sam linebacker. You know that Buki and Jed are going to be your mic and your will, and then there's Deshaun Page, a guy that's played an awful lot of snaps from Mississippi State. Uh, and you got some younger guys, and Zachary Tillman, a guy from just down the road from you there in Florence, Mississippi. In many respects, kind of surprised the camp on defense. I, I don't think that people, including myself, expected him to have the camp that he's had. But any any of those guys in the linebacker room, when you ask them about newcomers, he's the first name that comes up. And so I think there's a really good chance of him playing as a true freshman. Uh, I think the corner battle is settling. I think the Carlos Nicholson, uh, you know, Marcus Washington, uh, Sias Spurge, the Cameron Richardson, I think that's going to be your two deep. And there's some younger guys behind them, like, you know, Kamari Rogers that'll play this year as well. Uh, and then, of course, there's the secondary you know, with the safeties. And I think the first group you feel really good about. The second group, you're still kind of figuring it out. And the, at the end of the day, though, Bo, it's about, it's not necessarily your five individual defensive backs. It's which five play the best together. And I think that's what we're working on now. And, and uh, Arnett mentioned that over the weekend. It's like, you know, hey, sometimes I don't think we're living up to our expectations, so we'll change our personnel group and see what works for us. And so I think there'll be some ebb and flow over these first couple of weeks before they get into SEC play at safety and then find the right combination before they get to play LSU. Steve Robertson on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Okay, so having said all that, when you are, they don't have another scrimmage, do they? Well, they'll do a mock thing this weekend, but uh, you know, now it's about trying to get guys' legs under them. Yeah, you know I mean, they'll do some things, but you know, uh, they're not going to go out there and, and hit full speed on Saturday and then expect to go play a game the following Saturday. Now it's about getting guys fresh and kind of getting them going. And now you kind of figured out the uh, you know, who's on scout teams, so the lion's share of the reps are going to your first and second team guys. So this week is just kind of about getting their legs under them and getting ready for next week. All right. Are you expecting a breakout year from Trevion Williams or just a solid year? I think you'll have a good year. And uh, I think because of the fact they're going to rotate a lot more, and that's one thing that's really kind of been a tenet of the David Turner experience is, you know, people forget, you know, Josh Boyd and Fletcher Cox played side-by-side as true freshmen at Mississippi State, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think I don't think it's a surprise that all of a sudden Calvin Dinkins has a big camp and Trevion Williams has a big camp and Deontay Anderson with the arrival of David Turner because that's what you expect. I mean, David's a guy that understands you're going to need, you know, eight, nine guys, you know, to go out there and compete in the SEC because, you know, not everybody's going to be 100% week to week. You've got to mix and match. And so I'm not the least bit surprised to see guys step up because David Turner is here because Dave believes in that rotation. I mean, people forget, you know, when you had uh, – 
you know, the Jeff Cowan psycho defense deal where you had, uh, you know, the, the one A or the A and B defense or whatever, you know, so David's a guy that understands, you know, he's got to have a lot of guys ready to play. And so, yeah, I think Trevion Williams is one of those guys that uh, they see as one of the next great Mississippi State defensive linemen. So does he have a breakout year where he becomes like the feature story on SEC uh, Network? No. Is he a guy that's going to take a step this year if he stays healthy? Absolutely. Okay, we'll switch gears to uh, recruiting. Ole Miss just landed Cam Franklin. Um, they feel like they've got the juice. David Johnson just told us that he that they'll land the St. Martin wide receiver. What was his name? Yeah, Norrell White. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, what What do you think is left on the table for Arnett? Are there any Are there any fillets left? Not a lot in state at this point. You know, that's the thing you always think about. And I, and I agree with David. I mean, I think Norrell White, I mean, from the infancy of his recruitment, I was told if he stayed in state, it's probably going to be Ole Miss. And then in addition to that, you know, there was some ebb and flow with it. When he committed to Arkansas, I don't think anybody ever said, okay, well, yeah, he'll, he'll stick with Arkansas. That's one thing I'll give you know, state and Ole Miss both a lot of credit for. When both state and Ole Miss are after an in-state kid, it's really, really tough for an out-of-state program to come in here and get those guys. I mean, it just really is. I mean, you, you might be able to hold off one of them. You're not going to be able to hold off both of them. And I think that's kind of the situation with White. But, uh, yeah, there have been some times I know that it uh, feels like State has some juice with him. But I think, you know, Norrell White's a guy from the beginning. I felt like, again, if he if he stayed in State, he'd be a rebel. And I do think he, he will announce for them. I think it's coming up on 25th. But, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, in State, there's not a lot of meat left on the bone. And, uh, you know, I think that's okay because of the fact that I think state's needs right now with these final spots are going to come from junior college and in the portal. I don't think you have to go take a bunch more high school guys. I like what they have. And uh, as you mentioned, you know, Ole Miss has a juice right now. It's funny. We, uh, we had the same conversation uh, back during the month of June when state had the juice and we were both like, Hey, listen, uh, there's always ebb and flow in the recruiting process. Nobody ever dominates from wire to wire. It just doesn't happen that way, and especially with in-state recruits. And, you know, you get some juice, you get a few kids, and then they get a few kids, and nobody ever gets everybody they want. And that's just kind of life and times in the state of Mississippi. But uh, but I, I think what state's going to do now, especially when you consider what they're losing, we talked about that earlier in the show, it's a veteran group. you got 20 or 22 starters that are seniors. And so you're going to have some huge personnel losses at the end of this year. You're going to reach the end of a talent cycle in many respects. And while you have some young guys you're really excited about, you need some veteran guys. Uh, and, and you need one on the offensive line, maybe one or two on the defensive line. Uh, may not hurt to go out there and get a linebacker, depending on how some of these younger guys develop in the season. And so I think what you're going to see over the course of the next uh, you know, a few months is some new names pop up from the junior college ranks. And then, of course, I think they'll be very aggressive in the portal late. I don't think it'll be you know, a situation where you're signing 10 players in the portal, but uh, they have got to allocate some scholarship for some veteran guys to help navigate through um, you know, what's going to be a really challenging schedule next year until these younger guys are ready to be stars in the SEC. All right, we'll leave it there. Steve Robertson, jeanspage.com, 247 Sports. And he joined us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. See you soon. So we got a couple of updates out of uh, Startville and Oxford. They'll now start to get healthy, get their legs under them. And, yeah, they'll still be practicing and working on things and refining. But uh, you want everybody healthy in this brutal grind of the SEC West, right? By far and away the toughest gauntlet. 
I think in all of American sports. I really do. Uh, you look at the West, the composite recruiting from everybody that's in it. And um, and then you look at the monsters of Bama and LSU and the fringe monster of Auburn and the others of MSU, Ole Miss, A&M, and Arkansas who are all capable. And I know A&M has, you know, underachieved for the most part, but they have also proven that they can win, you know, big games. So uh, here we go. The, SEC, the last SEC West gauntlet for the Rebs and the Dogs. Last one. And then we won't have divisions anymore. Y'all think Apple's going to buy ESPN? I was reading some articles on front office sports this weekend and uh, Sportico. What do you think about Apple buying ESPN? Dropping the bucket, really, for them capital-wise. Isn't that amazing? Disney's talking about they want $50 billion. Disney owns 80% of ESPN. Hearst owns 20. You know, Apple hasn't done any kind of big acquisition since Beats, which we've talked about on the show with Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, which was, I think, about $3 billion, $3.2 billion, which was a drop in the bucket, which is crazy to say, considering kind of what Apple, how Apple operates and how much... Uh, cash and assets they have on hand. Um, now, one thing Bob Iger, among others, Iger's now back running Disney. He ran it forever and stepped down, and now he's back. They're trying to figure out exactly what they want to be, I guess, going forward. But one thing that Bob Iger has let us know is, you know, they've used all that money that ESPN throws off to help boost you know, Marvel and Pixel and, and other things that they like to do. Um, uh, you know, if they probably need a cat, an influx of cash. And what would Apple be willing to take? Would they take the 80 and let Hearst continue to roll with the 20? Or would they go all in? Now, Apple already has Major League Soccer. And with Lionel Messi coming over, that's already been a big boost for them. He's a star, right? Enter Miami, he's a star. You look at there, the way everything's trending for them, and he decided he wanted to come here instead of going to you know Saudi Arabia, and he also wants ownership in a in a team. But if Apple, you already know how many subscriber subscribers Apple has. In fact, Jason. Look that up. But ESPN's about 115 million, I think, unique subscribers. It's going to be a lot of overlap. But um, Apple's dabbling in sports. If they make that, if they purchase ESPN, make that acquisition, they have the NFL. They have Formula One. They have the NBA. And they have your league. Because who holds all the rights now starting next year? Disney, ESPN, ABC, if Apple were to buy ESPN, they would have the SEC rights. Um, that's something to keep an eye on. Tim Cook doesn't have to do anything, but they may decide they want to. What do we have, Jason? So Apple, all across all of their platforms, like Apple Fitness, all that other stuff, 935 million subscribers. Okay. So my main question is, does the amount of money that they have 
would that change anything with all this realignment? Like, would they try to go get bigger schools to be a part of, you know, their ESPN brand? I don't, yeah. I, I think that that would put them in position when North Carolina comes up, who is the next big bride. Right. Um, and then you got to pair North Carolina. I don't think NC State's going, I, I don't think North Carolina's going without them. Maybe. We've seen that happen. Oregon, Oregon State, and some others. Um, that's a good question. They would have plenty of money. And would it be an even better fit for the Southeastern Conference to have Apple instead of Disney? Hmm. We'll keep an eye on that. we got some great topics for tomorrow. I just didn't get a chance to hit on them. You know, I mean, I had to tell you the story about the party bus going to Gibbs and staying up past midnight on Saturday night and Sunday morning. Have a great day. If you missed anything, hit Apple Podcasts. Search Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds. Lunch today brought to you by the Sonic Boom Burger and the Dirty Bird Wrap at Bulldog Burger, Lake Harbor in Ridgeland.